Oh my God, guys, we're back. Hi, Nana. I know. Hi. <laughs> wow. It's like I've lived like 3,000 lives since we last recorded. Rom Squad, please don't be mad at us. Um, Nan and I, just before we got on, we were like, "How?" Nana was like, "Misan, how long has it been since we recorded?" I, I checked. I think it might have been July. <laughs> I yeah. You know what I feel like? I feel like uh, you know the end of the movie Heather's when she like blows up the school and she's just like smoking a cigarette and just like limping <laughs> along. Like that's how I feel like that's like the whole course of these three months has been. It's like I mean life is fine, but I just am so tired and so i apologize we are sorry you know know, we're sorry we we will do better i kid you not one of my friends who listens to podcasts was like are you like i keep going to refresh to see if there are new episodes and then they don't show up did you cancel this podcast i said no we still have it it exists she said she said hmm so for her and for everyone that's been waiting yeah we are sorry (laughs) yeah and our defense i have been you know what? Let's just be real, okay? Because, like, this is, like, the venue to do it. Existentially, my relationship with romance is, like, changing. Mm. And not, like, romance, like, generally. But it's just, like, I the, – the entertainment art form or whatever has just, like, not been doing it for me lately. I think, like – I don't know if it's, like – the time we're living in. I don't know if it's like externally, like if it's, is it me? Is it the content that's being produced? Is it the backdrop of the lives we live? I don't know. But like, I, you know, I, I could sit around and maybe this is what we need to do more for the podcast and watch like just older stuff, but nothing new comes out that excites me. I completely agree with you. Um, I think we might have to go back to like doing the nostalgia piece of it because a lot of the new stuff, even the things that people get excited about, I am just so, except for this movie we're talking about today, I yes, am so yes. thoroughly just like underwhelmed. Like, I don't know. It feels yeah. like things are very like unfinished or rushed, rushed, like sort of like whatever. It's I feel like I'm some like, you know, old school, like basketball coach, but like people need to go back to fundamentals. And it's <laughs> the fundamentals. People are missing <laughs> You know, like, are we changing the world with the genre? Perhaps, perhaps not. But you need two hot people, amazing chemistry, banter. You know, you got to have a little bit of humor. You have to have extenuating circumstances. A little pathos, if you will. Like, just a little little bit bit of of everything. Not a lot. A little bit of pathos. Just a little bit of everything. And you know what we're getting? Bupkis. Yeah, it's true. I'll give you one example. I just don't have a lot of... Oh, okay, sorry, go. Go. okay, so my example I was just is this. Say, nothing's so, making me squeal. At all. With delight. Ex- again, except for this yeah. movie. But my, yeah. my, like, I'll give you an example. So I saw pictures of Sydney Sweeney and Glenn Powell. I don't even remember Glenn Powell. Glenn Powell is, like, very, like, you're basically, like, you yeah. know, standard all-American, you know. He's blonde, generically handsome. Very generically handsome. And, but the thing about him is that he actually seems to generate chemistry with his female leads. Like he was in that. What was that movie? Was he? In, was he? Was it him that was in Set It Up? 
the movie that should have been about yeah he was Lucy a, Liu he was and Tay Diggs. yeah yeah but it was him yeah. and what's her face? I can't remember the actor. Zoe something. Is it Deutsch? I don't remember her name. Zoe Deutsch, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And they like man and so and they managed to have chemistry. I can't think of another movie that he was in, but he tends to be able to he generate in, chemistry. He played with the Baxter. He played like the Baxter type character and that potato as of Guernsey, whatever movie with Lily Taylor. Oh, you know? I forgot about that. Yeah. 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 He played like the James Marsden. Mm-hmm, yeah. Mm-hmm. So he can do it. And so I remember a few months ago when people were because, I, you know, Nana and I have had rants about bring back you know, and as clearly we've just gone into the podcast. We'll do our intro shortly. Just let us just let us cook. Let's let yeah. us rant this out. Um, let us- <laughs> yeah, let's let us cook. Uh, but, you know, I remember talking to Nana about this, but the pictures came out when he was filming with, with Sydney Sweeney because they're filming. They're filming a rom-com. So he's filming with Sydney Sweeney and these photos with, of them hanging out. It was like sort of the old school sort of like, oh, are these people like have so much chemistry that people think they might be cheating on their like partners or something? And there was this whole like mm. weird, like it was like, is it gossip? Is it something? I remember tweeting and telling not about that. I was like, you know what? Bring back the type of chemistry between co-stars that makes people wonder, are they banging on set? Because we haven't yeah. seen that in a while. I don't mind we it. Have a- Listen, look, is it great for the personal lives of the partners of these people that are, you know, and you know, that are acting as the leads. No, I acknowledge that the real lives here, but for my own entertainment purposes, bring back the sort of like, Oh, what's the story? Bring back that chemistry. So there are all these stories going around about, Oh, is Sydney Sweeney cheating on her fiance? Allegedly um, Glenn Powell's girlfriend at the time was like upset or something. It seems like, Oh, maybe they really were that, you know, and it, like the photos look that there was chemistry. I said, Oh my God, are we going back to the glory days? Again, I acknowledge there are real people's lives at stake. The glory days of people wondering, yeah. wow, there these these people have such chemistry. Like I would like, I'm excited to see them like fake, like pantomime banging on screen, like and making out. Cause you know what? Bring that back. You know, people are like, oh, I would like to see them bang. That seems interesting. I got excited. I said, this will be great. Yeah. Guys, the trailer came out for this film that will be in theaters in December. The trailer came out, the first teaser trailer out trailer came out like maybe a month or so ago, it is, the lack of chemistry is palpable. It is, it's like anti-chemistry. Mm. Do you think people are like, are they like not, do you think people are just like, okay, they're coming in, they're filming their scenes and they're going home. Like maybe there's not like a lot of like building. Building, like having, cause you know, they used to do like set. screen tests, right? They'll do like a chemistry test to make sure it's like, yeah. yeah, I don't know if they still do that. Like, I think people have like, and we talked about this before, they're like, oh, they're both hot. People want to see them bang. That's not how it works. Like, yeah, it's you can both art. be hot. It's an art. It's an art. I don't. It's not necessarily that I want to see you two bang. Like, you know what I mean? Like, I don't think that Tom Cruise. Like, think about Tom Cruise in action films. Like, his whole thing is about you not wanting. Like, that's not what Tom Cruise does for you, right? He's an attractive man, fine, but like, he's not. Like, his forte is not building chemistry with co-stars in an action movie. Like, oh, I might see them bang. Like, he used to do that when he did, like, more sort of romance novels, when he was more in his, like, serious actor yeah. sort of bag or whatever. But he doesn't do that anymore. He has a niche that he goes to. Fine. But if I'm watching a rom-com and you're trying to tell me the rom-com is called, like, Anyone But You, there's supposed to be this, like, enemies to lovers, fake dating, whatever. I don't even know what you guys are doing. None of this is believable. It's not believable that you guys hate each other. It's not believable you guys want to, like, what are we doing here? I've never been more underwhelmed. <laughs> I said, what a waste of fake yeah. cheating rumors. I was so upset. And then I, they did another trailer they released last week. It was even worse. 
horrible, Nana. Oh. It's, it's, it's a crisis. I really do think it's a crisis. Is it a real crisis? No, but it's a problem. <laughs> no. <laughs> All right. So that was the rant. I like really do feel like it's an issue. Crisis is strong. It's dramatic. I'm, you know, I'm being hyperbolic for, you know, creative license. Allow me. Uh, but man, you got to do something, Nana. I really don't know what's going on. I mean, I don't know what we can do. I know. We're just like running around Hollywood, (laughs) smashing people's faces and genitals together. We're like, dude, where are the screen tests? (laughs) Where are the screen tests? Bring back screen test. I know. But that being said, I – and this is just like I think to we'll – th- I don't like making promises because I can't commit to anything. But I think we I think we need to start revisiting more classics because I'm just feeling a little uninspired. I agree. Yeah. So bring us back to why we loved – why we started this podcast in the first place because if we were relying on the output of 2023, I don't know that we would have started this podcast. <laughs> Let's be real. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. On, on that note, Nana, you want to tell them what the podcast is about? <laughs> sure. We are Hell Yeah. Um, H-E-A and the hell stands for happily ever after. As rom uh, romance fans know, it's not a true romance unless it has a happily ever after. Ironically, this movie that we're about to watch maybe does or doesn't have a happily ever after. I don't we're going to get into it. We're going to get into it. But Nissan <laughs> and I are friends. Uh, we go way back to college. We started this podcast because mm-hmm. we both found out that we had a love for romance. And it was during the uh, like the height of the pandemic. And we realized romance was like the pocket of pleasure we found in this crazy, crazy world. And so we're chasing that pleasure mm-hmm. with hell mm-hmm. yeah. What about us? What are we're two badass lawyer ladies of West African descent with an African do attitude? Is there anything I'm missing? I don't think so. I think that's hell yeah. You got it all. You got it all. That is hell yeah. Thank you, Nana. Yeah. Very well done. Um, you know what? We haven't done that in months, and you you picked it back <laughs> up so like rusty. it was old hat. Very uh, impressed. Speaking of past. <laughs> Speaking of past lives, that's like a past life when I was doing this podcast on the regular. That was old me, so <laughs> got to dust that off, you know? We're bringing it back. We're bringing yeah. it back. Every two weeks, we're going to bring it back. We're going to bring it back because, yeah. honestly, Keep- we need to. Uh- Keep us honest. <laughs> Keep us honest. Exactly. All right, so we've alluded to this, and Nana basically said it. We're doing this movie called Past Lives, um, and this is our disclaimer that this is not our usual fare. It is not a romantic comedy. It is, though, a love story. It talks about romance and love and a bunch of different things. And it really, I think, was probably one of the first things that I've said. And now I'm just going into After Sight. But it was probably one of the... It's it's probably my favorite movie I've seen this year. It came out um, to theaters, I think, over the summer, I think. Uh, It was like a hit at Sundance. People really loved it. Um, and I wanted to watch it and then I watched it and I just was like, part of the, part of why I wanted to watch it, you guys, is because I have a crush on one of the leads in this movie, mm-hmm. uh, T-O-U, uh, you, uh, T-O-U rather. He was in Love to Hate You, if you guys will remember, was one of my HEAs earlier in the year. It's like a Netflix, like K-drama, rom-com, 10 episodes that I loved. And so he was in that and I knew he had this movie coming out and I said, oh, I'm intrigued. Let's see it. Let's see it. Um. And I watched it in the theater with my friend over the summer and just like loved it. And then I told Nana, I was like, Nana, 
please go find this movie in the theater in Florida so we can do this pot, do an episode on it. And then unfortunately, by the time Nana wanted to see it, it was like, it, I think it was like in theaters in Florida for like two weeks or something. And they're like, all right, we're yeah. done with that. Um, <laughs> and so we had to wait for it to come out um, on demand before we could do it. But yeah, here we are. I just, I lo- like I sat, wa- I know part of it, I think is a little bit of nostalgia because I went to Korea earlier this year. Um, it just felt, I don't know. I just, I loved it. It's, pro- it's definitely my favorite movie this year. And I'm really excited to talk about it today with Nana. For me, um, HEA, I'd seen like the uh, previews and it's, I don't know. I mean, there's not like a very special HEA. Like I, Greta Lee is like an actress I've seen in things before. Like I really liked her in Russian Doll. Um, and so I was like, okay, mm-hmm. that like this looks cool. And then I like, I think I, maybe I don't know if I've mentioned it on the show. I'm like such a sucker for like childhood loves and childhood sweetheart stories. Um, mm-hmm. And so I like was pretty excited about it but like Misan said I knew this was the type of movie and like the Tampa Bay area would probably just be in theaters for a couple weeks and so it took us like a while to be able to access it because like I missed the window um so I didn't even see it until just recently but I was really into it I will say it was the exact movie and I think probably why I was like a little less excited about it than you Misan and we'll talk about this. It was the exact movie I could tell from the trailer. I was like, I am not going to get the ending I want. <laughs> I know. I knew I wasn't going to get it either. I was hoping because it, it's like it's an A24 movie. So those yes. are notorious for giving yeah. you like art house films. Yeah. That's like very realistic. And we'll talk about that, too. Um, but yeah. so, so I was like, can I just get two hot people who end up together and like traverse all like the obstacles and end up together? And I was like, A24 is not going to give me that. It's going to be a, a quiet no. No, that's not what A24 everything. is for. That's <laughs> not what they give you. <laughs> yeah. So, but it was, oh, it, it's man. a phenomenal movie. And, and this, and it's like Celine Song's, and you'll talk about this, Celine Song's debut and like what a debut, you know? Yeah, no, like honestly, impressive work. I can, I could see, because at first, because you know, sometimes with movies at Sundance, like they'll get all the hype and I'm like, I don't really yeah. know. I'm like, okay, like, Sure, like you people, because the Sundance crowd is a very specific crowd, and I don't want to get, you know, I don't want to be, you know, too much of a hater about it. But like sometimes it's like they think they see things that they like. I'm like, hmm, this is fine. Like maybe mm-hmm. it was really exciting because you know it's high elevation in Park City, <laughs> and you guys were just happy to see it. Because you know elevation sickness will get you, man. I've been there; it's horrible. So I was like, yeah, fine. But I watched and I was like, no, this really is saying something that is really impressive it's hard a little bit how I felt when we did Rye Lane and it was uh I can't remember the director's name of Rye Lane but it was her directorial debut at the time and I just was so impressed with all of the sort of like the colors and everything that was done there and you can see this in Celine Song's work just like the staging the cinematography the use of like so especially as as a New Yorker and a former New Yorker seeing just how they are able to use so many like sites so well to help tell the story and then how much of it is just them quiet it's just like quiet them looking at each other and the differences between them like from when they're kids to when they're older and all of that it's just yeah I thought it was just really well like it wasn't overwrought it was very like simple but it really got it got the point across it just is a beautifully shot film um and it's like yeah I was just I was really really the fact that she like Celine Song wrote this and directed it like very impressed very very impressed yeah um, I, I like I have a few things to say. I feel like from the artistic perspective, but do you want to jump into the plot and stuff first, or uh, it's up to you. You do the plot. So if you want to do the artistic p- perspective first, and then the plot, I'll do I'll that later. 
Um, okay. Well, okay, we were talking about the artistic perspective. I guess there's just a couple things I want to say. One, I think Celine Song was a playwright right before, and this is like, mm-hmm. I, I felt like that came through hardcore in this movie, right? Because like a lot of things are like, I mean, a lot, and it, it kind of reminded me, like this movie reminded me of so many different movies and not in like a derivative or bad way, but like it had like the link later mm-hmm. effect, which so much of it is like not necessarily plot driven, but conversation driven and it's like character driven through mm-hmm. the conversation, you know? And so like, and this will, we'll get into this plot, not much happens in this movie, but like you, f- mm. you just spend a little bit of time with these people that you come to care pr- a lot about by the end of the movie, you know. Yeah. And then yeah. I think like the combination of that, so like very good, like sort of he- like not heavy, but like very full dialogue combined with like the the cinematography and the aesthetics remind me of like like there's a softness of like lighting or something that reminds me of like French movies, like fr- like not just mm-hmm. romance, but like I could think of like Eric Romer and these like kind of French romantic, like slow restrained movies with like that love kind of like that kind of like Don Dewey light, you know what I mean? And so that contributed mm-hmm, to mm-hmm. it. And then there was also like a little bit of like a Wong Kar Wai, like cause I just recently rewatched In the Mood for Love and like even something about like the kind of splicing of different times. I mean, it's not as like frenetic as In the Mood for Love. And then just like, yeah. And we'll get to the ending, but like how it's it's about it's not just about the love of these like two people. There's like more of like a larger meditation on like relationships and Mm -hmm. life and like what people like the kind of the crossing like fate and the crossing of two people, like what that can mean, like on a more cosmic level. And so like for like Mm -hmm. an hour and it's a very clean like hour and 45 minute movie. Like I feel like it does quite a bit like it's like kind of deceptive, like how much it's doing. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. 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 I completely agree. Yeah. I like I find what I find and we'll get into this when we talk about the plot, but when I was like doing a little bit of research, I was just I was because I was wondering like, oh, like, is this part of someone's story that's being told here? Like, you know, and when I what I saw was Celine was saying, Celine Song was saying yes. that yeah that she liked the and we'll get into this when nana talks about the plot but like the intro scene was when she because celine you know her parents immigrated to canada when she was 12 her parents are artists her dad is a filmmaker uh which is all things you'll see and she's also like she's also married to like a white dude who has like uh yeah an american man and she said that she was in a bar (laughs) yeah and her childhood sweetheart was korean and then they were in a bar she was there with her american husband or white american husband and her childhood sweetheart the three of them were talking and she was saying that she wonders if people were thinking like who are these people to each other and that's why she decided to like put that in the film so it's just really like i just i thought that was really interesting like how much because it felt very sometimes there are things that you put in a movie and I say this a lot sometimes when we talk about the different things that we watch but what I really like to have like a degree of realism what feels like yeah. characters are making choices that make sense that human characters would make like actual human beings would make those choices and sometimes I think where people go wrong is like they'll do something for the story for the plot that is it's is like fun and dramatic I'm like this I don't know why that character made that choice it doesn't ring true to sort of all we've seen so far, what I might expect of someone of that age, of that, you know, mm-hmm. that sort of like time period, blah, blah, blah. And what I felt here, as much as it pains me, this movie was very realistic. Yeah, hyper, um, hyper And realism. it was high, like, like extremely. And, you know, we'll talk about this a little bit later, but like, I do think there's a need to have like a, like, it's good to have different representations of like what happens in real life versus what's idealistic. Yeah. Um, and we'll get into that. But like, I, it was, it was good to seem refreshing, even though there is no, I mean, depends on who you ask if it's an HEA or not. Yeah. Um, but, you know, I really, I, I, I quite I enjoyed that. No. It was good to see. 
<laughs> we're gonna get into it. We're gonna get into it. I had this debate with two different friends, and I cannot wait for them to listen. They listen to this podcast. Cannot wait for them to listen and have their own thoughts. Yeah, as well. I actually. Uh, we'll, this will be another thing. Well, they'll send voice memos, and we'll like debate it again. Yeah, in episode, I'm sure. And I will say, I have a more nuanced point of view. But like, what's his name? Teo Yu. I mean, I just, I would die for this man. So I want him to have all the good things. Yeah, in the right. world. <laughs> Honestly, what an actor. What an actor. actor. What a face. Also watching this movie, I was like, you know what? I need, like, (laughs) you know what? To have men wear product in their hair, it's just, it elevates them. He had such good product. You have never thought that before in your life. (laughs) (laughs) No, but watch it. Not That's a, what I'm saying. Watching a, you've this movie, never thought that before in I your life. <laughs> I know, but watching this movie, it all came together. I was like, "This is why all those K drama guys are like heartthrobs. Their hair always looks amazing, and this—that's it. It's like a polished look. I loved it." It's all coming together. And you know it's what? It's not an American thing to be that polished. I have to say, the Americans. It's and not American. They're not doing it. Are the Americans sending their best? I just don't know that we are people no. are as a people are sending our best. I, I, we might have before. I don't think we are anymore. We'll yeah, because that because I was like looking at his hair. I'm serious, and I was like, oh, this is like why European men and like I guess like Korean men they just come off so like elegant. It's because they're they used the right product. Yeah. Yeah. Know, oh my god. And and the way they care about the clothes care. fit. At least the ones. We yeah, the see. skincare. Yeah, at least the ones represented. Yeah. They care about skin and, and and the fit of the clothing, right? Anyway, this is like a rant, yes. but he's gorgeous and everything about him just like yeah, this he's that was a tangent. So but everything, sexy. Yeah. This um, is not right. Okay, let me get into this plot. It's it's a it's a yeah, quiet it. plot. I'm gonna really try not to interrupt. I'm gonna like that, let's see how it goes. I have very Wish little to Yeah. <laughs> Basically the movie starts and like exactly the scene that Misan's talking about, and I think it like it's a great opener like it's like because it, it's a little mm-hmm. cheeky and but it like it kind of it's almost like you're looking at like it's like voyeuristic right so it's like three people talking at a bar mm-hmm. and at first you're hearing talking and like what i love the is the effect of like because it's like is this adr like is this what the characters are saying and then you realize like it's kind of zooming out and it's like people watching these three characters right and they're just trying to figure mm-hmm. out who they are to them it's like oh is the asian girl uh, the asian woman with the white guy and then is then who's the asian guy is that her brother or is it the two asian people together and i don't i think it, i don't think it was um an accident that like the way the people were talking about them like identify them by race right because i do think that mm-hmm. there's like a little bit in this movie that I like that it acknowledges, even though it doesn't take a strong stance. And you and I have talked about this, which is like a lot of the cult, yeah. like the stories, the love stories we see with Asian women often feature white men, right? And I think the mm-hmm. characters in this movie are aware of that, even though it doesn't dominate their thinking or they, t- you know what I mean? There's like a meta understanding yeah, yeah. of that. And so I think that there was a little bit of that in that like kind of conversation that these strangers had when looking at them, right? Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. but so then we kind of zoom out and we go back to like 24 years ago, I believe. And it's just like these two 12 year olds and it's at the time, what's her name? Na Young. And then Ha Zoom. Yeah. I'm like, not, I'm not saying the right. Hey Sung. I'm like, Hey Sung. Yeah. And then, um, they're like, they're just like talking like they're, oh, and I love their neighborhood and like the little nooks and crannies. I just like, I, I, I love the like the lives that these people live it's like like it's like almost like you're looking inside a dollhouse do you know what i mean uh it's mm-hmm, just like they're just mm-hmm. like everything is so like quaint like not in like a small way it's just like everything is so pretty and so like they're walking through like the little yeah. nooks and crannies of their neighborhood 
and these kids are like arguing or not arguing but the girl's upset and sad and it turns out that uh na young is like used to being like number top in the class and Zung is like a high Zung, right i'm saying this wrong edit it it's Sung. You, you're, you're close Sung. Yeah, okay hey Sung. Yeah. um and he, like, for, like, the first time ever kind of beat her out. And what I love about that interaction between the two kids is that he has, like, this very gentle understanding of her, you know? Like, but he doesn't, like, mm. let her get away with shit either. Do you know what I mean? So it's like mm. he's sympathetic, mm-hmm, but he's mm-hmm. also like, hey, you know, I've watched you beat me out every single time. And the one time I do, you're upset. Like, how do you think that makes me feel? Something about that core mm. interaction, I was like, this man is a dream. You know what I mean? Because it was like, mm-hmm. he still... As much as you could, he's not the guy who's going to be walked over. Like he's still, you could tell, like even in that moment, he like admires and like loves this girl, but he still kind of has a sense of self and stood up for himself in that moment. You know what I mean? Um, Yeah, totally. And so we just like then kind of dollhouse version. We go into her family's like her family's house, and her parents are clearly like intellectuals. They're like smoking. They're like her mom is so elegant, and I know smoking Mm -hmm. is like not cool, but come on, I grew up in the '90s, so it's like signifier of elegance. Exactly. Totally. Totally. Yeah. And like they're like packing up and like we basically um, learn that like their family is moving to North America and we don't really know exactly why, but her father is like a film producer or film or director and um, they're going to yeah. move to North America. So she and her mom are having a conversation and it's like another little point in the movie I love. It's just like the realness and like openness that she has this conversation with her mother where her mom's like, is there anybody you like in class? And then she like doesn't get coy or like lie mm-hmm. the way I think I would have at 12 years old. She's like, oh yeah, there's like the Hazen guy or Hazen guy. And she's like, oh, okay, do you want to go on a date with him? And then, so then they go on this like really adorable date um, with the I two moms where the moms are like, I know, I just loved, like, I, I will say the movie, the whole movie's great, but the beginning is what really does it for me. And so like, just like the mom, the, the everybody, you know what it is? It's like, everybody is like very like quietly and like in a subdued way is like taking care of each other. Do you know what I mean? And so like her mm, I mom, like that. her, that's a good point. Yeah. A lot. yeah. And so like we kind of learned that the reason why her her mom organized this date is because she knew that her daughter was gonna have a huge change in her life coming, and she just wanted to have mm. to have this like really special memory of her like last time in Korea, mm. right? And um mm-hmm. and even the way the moms like are very careful and like understand the way their ch- children feel about each other. Do you know what I mean? Um, and so they have this like romantic moment and Sung thinks like you can tell he's like they're like holding hands and it's like all cute and then like the next day at school she's like announcing very <laughs> unceremoniously, unceremoniously that she's like leaving Korea and moving to uh, North America and like she doesn't even tell him directly so that's like kind of the and I might not be saying it in the exact order because it goes back and forth but like basically like I'll just do chronologically the relationship. So, like, part two of their relationship, he's, like, I think they're, like, 22 or 24 in that range, maybe yeah. 24. And he has just finished yeah. his national service in, like, the South Korean military. Um, and he, like, you could tell he's like kind of a little lost. He hangs out with his, like, fuckboy friends and, like, gets drunk. And, you know, he's living at home. Meanwhile, juxtaposed with her, she's in New York um, doing, like, writer's class. He's, like, she, and, and, oh, the other thing that was, like, very um, kind of – Again, because I think um, 
Celine Song is like a dramaturg, so she can be very economical. Like she can tell you a lot with very little, right? And so mm-hmm. one of the reasons why he asked her, like he and when they were kids, he's like, "Oh, why are you moving to North America or whatever?" And she's like, "No Korean has ever won the." are the Nobel Prize, right? And so, yes. like, we yes. we know at that point that she's, like, a very ambitious little girl, you know? Mm-hmm. And so now she's back in New York and she's working and she's, like, living that New York life where she has that tiny-ass apartment and is walking around. Yeah. Taking she's, like, subway. getting an MFA oh, at so Columbia good. or something. Yeah, yeah she's something getting like an MFA. Yeah. I don't know if it, they say Columbia, but Celine Song did, so let's just say that. That's where it Yeah, is. it feels – I felt like it was Columbia. I don't know if she had, like, a, some Columbia T-shirt or something, but, yeah, oh, that okay, makes sense Celine Song did that. Yeah. So then that would take, um, actually. It's, yeah. She's getting an MFA. You could just – aside you could tell in like one second and looking at like what an mfa like that's an mfa something about the seminar the way that people are sitting around you're yeah just like, okay. when they're talking um, about it I- yeah for sure <laughs> and and so then she's like chatting with her mom again we don't see her mom that much but i love how we just get a sense that they have a very close relationship right so she and her mom are just kind of mm. like reminiscing and chatting about things and then She's like looking up old people, I guess, from like her past. And she, and I, this is the part I, I'm curious what you think. She just suddenly thinks about Hey Sung, which I'm like, really? But maybe this is part of the fate thing, right? Because um, I didn't get the sense that it was like, and like this is the first time she's thought of him, you know? But that's kind of the way she presents it. Yeah, I feel like she was pretending like it was okay. the first time she saw thought of him, but like she obviously I don't want to say obviously, but it seemed to me like she thought of him before. It felt okay. like a little like, Oh, and how about That's how okay. Mm, that's kind of what not I was the first thinking. time you thought about like you've you've been thinking about okay. him. Let's be honest, Nora. That's exactly what I was thinking. And so Yeah. So oh yeah, and that's the other thing. And and I think this is a cool depiction of like, you know, two um, you know, South Korean girls like she and her sister before they move to the Canada there's like a whole scene where her parents are like oh pick your names right and so she her dad like gives her the idea to call herself Leonora and so now she goes by Nora that's kind of like an important theme right because like Nora represents who she is now versus uh Na Young who's like the 12 year old Korean girl right so she's left Na Young behind Mm -hmm. but anyway she goes by Nora now and she's like on face like I think she looks up this guy on Facebook and then for some reason somehow I don't remember how Facebook worked back in the day but she saw that he had posted on her dad's movie <laughs> her dad's movies page and was looking for her and the look on her face oh my god like this there's a lot of good face acting in this movie so like the, the look on her very, face what she <laughs> yeah um is like she's just really excited like she just looks like she's about to like explode but like but not like a huge mm-hmm. explosion but like a boop like you know what i mean it's like she's like she's like a tea <laughs> teapot or something you know um <laughs> teapot <laughs> yeah yeah and so she look she like sees that and so she reaches out to him very casually like hey it's me and i think she says not young right and we see mm-hmm. him back in seoul and he is like hanging out with his friends who are I guess they're fine, but they're always drinking. I don't. I don't like them for him. Uh, so he's hanging out with his friends. <laughs> First of all, can we say how Nana decided that they were fuckboys? Like, yeah. What evidence? Do we yeah. have the first time we see them drinking together? One of them is heartbroken because his girlfriend broke up with him, and he's sad. But, but he called her a bitch, which I didn't like. He said like that bitch broke my heart. I was like, I don't like this. <laughs> Well, fair. He shouldn't have called her that, but he was upset. (laughs) (laughs) 
<laughs> they're just I don't know what they're doing. They're just like five guys that are always hanging out, drinking and eating. You know, what are they doing? Um, but and this will go to a larger point, which is like he's kind of floundering a little in life. Do you know what I mean? Yes, and so that's like and yes. that's what his friends kind of represent to me. And so mm. he's like hanging out with his friends and he sees that message. And then you see this look on where's her. I, and that's the thing about their relationship. Like I feel like she they both love each other. I'm just going to freestyle jazz here. I, no, let's just do yeah. it. Might as well. We, like, there's no it's fine. Yeah. We make the rules. Honestly. Yeah. <laughs> Who's going to check us I, in the words of Sheree? Exactly. <laughs> oh, yes, exactly. But I feel like where she like there's like so much excitement on her part. Mm-hmm. His is like. It's it's like a I'm not saying it's deeper, but that it's like maybe there's more pathos or there's something sadder there, right? Or like like I I feel like because he was the one who was left behind, there's always a little bit of devastation yeah. behind it, right? I know. And so I know. when he sees it, he's happy, but it's not like his like like even like when his mom's like, I can tell you're so happy, you're so excited. I was like, really? What? You know? And part of it might yeah you know and, and we'll get into this because part of it might be. No, okay, we'll get into this later, but I do have thoughts about that. But anyway, so he's happy, but, like, I think the way he his love for her is, like, this kind of, like, dedication, right? And so mm. and I'm not saying she's not dedicated, but he was just, like, it, I don't know. I'm not making a lot of sense, but, like, from, from as soon as – No, I get what yeah. – no, I think if you have watched the yeah. movie, I think people will understand what you're saying. Yeah. And I don't know if it's because of just the different characters that they yeah. have. Um, but there's something, like – melancholic about yes. how he feels about yes. her yes. and i don't know that she feels that degree of missed opportunity or melancholy or whatever like i mean we get you get it a little bit more when they actually see yeah. each other but maybe to your point it's because he was the one that was left behind and she went to start something yeah new. and so that's why or maybe it's just because they have different characters or maybe they do have different people. characters yeah so he starts and it, and then this is like the part of the movie that is just uh, they just start like clearly falling in love with each other, like by reconnecting over Skype. I love how they're yeah. very specific about the technology that existed in 2012. Like, because I think oh it's God, it was so good. It's like it, it was it's important. So realistic. Yeah, and so like as you're watching this, I was just like, it's like it, it feels like a double-edged sword, kind of right, and like mm-hmm. because it's like there was all this technology that made like when you know immigrants leave a place behind, and I think like. This is kind of a theme of the movie. I'm just saying everything now, which is like not a lot of movies do this, but I think they're starting to, which is like a lot of immigrant movies tend to be like, oh, like what's in America? All the things you're getting in America. Right. And this movie and a few others, like I remember the farewell kind of did that. They are concerned about like, okay, you ran towards something, but you also left apart behind right and so like what does that you mean you know there's a movie like does a good job with that um it's have you seen brooklyn with tiersha yes, yes 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 that's another like one does, yeah like it has a similar sort of theme like that where she's like has to go back and forth between like the side like she has to like finally like be like okay she is in america yes but it's a real acknowledgement what she leaves in ireland yes when she goes. exactly yeah. and i think like i, I thought i did a good job with that. and the traditional story is that it's a clean it's a clean break and there's a lot of pathos and it's a melancholy yeah. but it's clean and i think here because of yeah. the technology we have now it's not so clean and so on one hand it offers, offers her the mm-hmm. opportunity to reconnect with this person that clearly meant so much to her but and she feels mm-hmm. this like 
pull back in a, a way that I think she's deeply uncomfortable with, which is why she ends things, right? Yes. And so yes. it's like so yes. exciting while you're seeing them like reconnect and you're like, oh wow, you know, the technology can like finally allow our two lovers to be together. But and, mm -hmm. and the movie does a good job of very subtly, subtly showing this. Like they're talking at weird hours, right? She's like constantly on the phone with him, even though she's like in New York. He's constantly waiting for her calls, yeah. and it like gets like long distance. This is like the cha challenge of long distance relationships: is that you're wherever the other person is, and you're not where you are now, right? And so, yeah, in your actual and, life, yes, in your actual not... life, you're like living yeah. in this like weird liminal virtual space where you guys are meeting together, mm -hmm. but you're not where you're where you physically you don't are. actually but you don't exist in the yes, same space so it's not possible for you actually living the life the same life exactly together, and so the, the is a key part of relationships eventually yep and the movie shows that right like we're seeing like the skyline of soul at like daytime versus like the skyline of new york at night or whatever you know like it shows how their like lives yeah. are intercutting but they're the timing is all wrong and i think that's that Absolutely. whole montage yeah. shows visually how like their timing and where they are does not match up with each other right Mm -hmm. um mm -hmm. and For so sure. she and this is a devastating scene just gutted me oh she calls god, him so oh my god sad. be sad it was horrible she called and like you could like even in her face like yeah. you could see the like she had that very determined yes sort of yes. like you know tilt to her face that she just was just gonna rip the bandaid off and do it and he was not ready for mm -hmm. it and it just is so he's the thing is, he is so devastated. I don't realize how, I don't think, like, and you'll get into it, but I don't think he realizes how devastated she is. Yes. I don't think she also realized how devastated that he was going to be. Yeah. Because he, like, cuts it off to pr protect himself. And she's like, oh, you know, but we'll come and talk. And then it just, yeah. Yeah. Oh, my God. Oh, uh, God, my heart. And this is maybe back to even, like, the original thing I was trying to articulate is that maybe they they show it differently but it always feels like i'm sure from his perspective it always seems like he's the one who cares more but i think she cares mm -hmm. deeply but she's split into two people where he is the he is the, like there's a continuity between who he was when he was 12 and who he is now right so it's like it's the, yeah. where she had like the multiverse thing which is like there could have been like the 12 yeah. year old her who stayed versus the person who she is yeah. now and i think like she's yes. in all areas of her life she's trying to reconcile it right and like she, they talk about how like she can't speak like she spe her Korean's rusty. She only speaks with her mom now. Nobody calls her her old name, yeah. but it's still there. Yeah. And what he does is he like allows her to access that other person. And so like one thing I mm -hmm. noticed and like you can correct me if I'm wrong, but like I have this sense that like, you know, like in Korean culture, like just like being very cutesy and happy is like kind of like a thing that people do. Right. Whereas like so I yeah. felt like when she it's called I go. Yeah, I go. Yeah, I go. Yeah, OK, like thank a, you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And she, I felt like she was emanating that when she talked to him, whereas like her New York self and her writer self is like much more like dry and morose. Yeah, you know what I mean? Yeah. And so yeah. it's just so yeah, interesting yeah. to see her like kind of act out or like channel the person that she might have ended up being when she's with him. Yeah, that's a good, yeah, that's such a good catch on it because it's almost like a code switch. Yes, it's definitely a code switch. Yes. On like who she's interacting with. And it's such a good point that you're making about how like for him, there's never been a split yeah. like between who he was at 12 and who he is now. But her life is so different from what he can imagine. Yeah. Like he doesn't have any like, un unless she tells him, right? Like, and they taught, what's so interesting to me is that how, and like now we're just doing yeah all let's over just the do everything but what's so interesting to me is like as you as you have this section because there's a bunch this story like this show a movie is about a bunch of different love stories at different yeah times. at age 12 at age 24 at age 36 um all of that sort of stuff right and with different people but what's so interesting to me is that how like despite the 
crappy Skype, RIP Skype, as we know in 2012. Uh, I know. Well, they really whiffed, man. They whiffed. <laughs> um, that's an aside. <laughs> <laughs> But even over the the crappy uh, Skype connection and the crappy like internet and like cell phone, where he's trying to show show her soul from like you know those like cable cards or whatever. Yeah, their connection is still so like that first call that they have. Yes. Oh my gosh. Where they talk for hours. Yeah. Suddenly it's dark where she. You know, yeah. And it's so and he's like, oh, I have to go to class, and then he's like waking up early on the bus to talk to her, and he's like, I don't know if I can say this. This feels weird to say, but I missed you. And I'm like, oh my god! Like it just was so. I was like, wow, these people are in love. They are in love, and and it's like, oh, keep going, keep going. Go ahead. And it's like, wow! Like I don't understand if this love, like this love, is so palpable enough that like the time difference doesn't do it, whatever. Because I like listen that time difference, like Korea, as we stay, like Korea right now is 13 hours ahead. Yeah, of us. that's a different world. Yeah, okay. <laughs> like it's just they're different. like experiencing. Like, ta- were- they're in another day. They're like, <laughs> you know. <laughs> Look, I will tell you something. When I was in Korea earlier this year, I could not even fa- like I would try to go on Twitter. Yeah. Like at odd. I couldn't. I felt like I was on another planet. Yeah. I did not understand like things would be like I remember it was the NBA finals or something or like, you know, it was like playoffs. And I was trying to figure out like when the games were and when people were watching. And then I wake up and like it's 6 a.m. and it's like it's 5 p.m. the day before yeah. in New York or something. I just I was so discombobulated the entire time I was there. I could not imagine being able to like actively have like a conversation with someone that you love so deeply and like be able to sustain that for such a period of time. So I could really understand why it felt like she had to be like, she was not living the life that she had come to New York. Yes, to live, exactly. Right? Cause it's so difficult because it's a complete, like I would talk to people back at home. I'm like, I don't even know. Like, Oh, it's Tuesday there. I, my one, I have had Wednesday for hours. Like I just, it was, I felt like I was out of time and out of space but, when I was there. So I can't imagine building that and having a connection the way that they did. I was in awe watching. Yeah. Really but I also think that this is why this movie is a little different because it's going to yank you down to earth. Right. Because another movie would have used yes. that as like the strength of their love. Wow. They're so in love that they just exist on this third plane. Exactly. That's like, you know, and, Exactly. Exactly. You saw her feeling that euphoria, but like real life kind of came up and she's like, where am I? What am I doing? Like, you know what I mean? Like, and she even Mm. says, like, I find myself like at like looking up tickets to Seoul. And it kind of reminded me of like, let's just get into our little personal lives. I I think I told you this, like during the pandemic, I like started this like, uh, like, like virtual online romance with someone who lived in Ireland because I like had met them. And and I remember I I got to this point because we were talking about like when the pandemic ends, I'll go to Ireland and live there. But you know, and then I was just like, when will the pandemic end? Because this is the very beginning. Like, is this going to be a year from now? Like, we can't just do this forever. Right. And so like you reach Mm. and like her conversation, like, like, I think she tried to salvage it, but she just like she was like looking at the facts. She like, but she like but she was just she, like she broke it. Like she, she broke it down. Like realistically, she brought them to reality yeah. so that she broke the bubble. Yes, that exactly. Because she was like, when and it was hard. Yeah, when can I see you? Like, when can you come? A year and a half. Okay, when can I go there? A year. Okay, so like a year. I can't go for a year. So are we just? So what's realistic? Yeah, what's realistic? And so like I, I a hundred percent understood what she was doing, and like even and like in and this is why he probably didn't see that because of his devastation. But like in her breaking down the logic, the way she was talking about it, like 
I subtly understood that she had been in a place probably like the day before where she was going to like just throw it all away. Right. Because she's like, I'm looking for Chuck it all. Yeah. Because she's yeah. Li- she's talking about looking yeah. for tickets to Seoul and like, all, you know, she was so absorbed yeah. in it. And then the movie y- yanked us back to earth. And like, I remember talking to a friend about like relationships and just love and like being like, like two like as even though like movies will have you think like it's like this like perfect little love bubble like relationships exist they don't exist in a vacuum they exist in the world right and if you can't mm-hmm. have your two mm-hmm. worlds merge or work together it's just not going to work between the two of you right yeah. and like i think that's yeah. like her that was her realization at that moment right or or that she was yeah. expressing to him but it was so sad to see because like i think in his head because i think of the two of them he's the romantic you know Yes, for sure. She's more pragmatic. She's more pragmatic. Totally. totally. And I think in his head, they could have just done it forever because he just loved her. Like, I think that's what he just knew. It was like, he loved her. He missed her. And, he, and he's someone who's like, so without any guile whatsoever, he just says what he feels. Like, he's like, I don't, I know it's probably like mm-hmm. weird, but I miss you. And then there's no, there's not any yeah. hand wringing. There's no expectation. He's just very in touch yeah. with how he feels and then states it. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. And I'm going to get into this a little bit more of, like, themes. As yeah. Since we're, like, there are no rules at this nope. point. But, like, if he feels so deeply and was willing – because I was I was having this debate with a friend about this. Yeah. But if, if he feels so deeply and was so, like, excited to, like, be with her or whatever, why didn't he just try to go to New York? Like, why didn't he just chuck it all and try to go to New York? Yeah, I was wondering that, too. And – like if he feels it, like if he feel he's the more romantic one. Yeah. She asked the question, "Would you come to New York?" He says, "Why would I come to New York?" He's like, "I'm going to." He's going to China, China to, to learn, learn Mandarin, Mandarin. because it was like better for his business, right? Like, like his work that he was. Yeah, doing. which I understood, yeah. but but for someone that was so romantic, he, the fact that he didn't pick up on like when she was asking him, like, "When can you come to New York? Why don't you come to New York? You can learn English or come here." It would have been a different path. But the way he was so sort of like dismissive of like, well, why would I come? Yeah. Like I like for me, it felt like almost that was a t- that was when from what I was. Yeah. You know, this is me maybe reading into it. Was like she is trying to work out in her head where how is it possible for them to have this connection actually be a relationship. Right. And thinking through like the pragmatic. Piece yeah. Of it, so when can you come? And he's like, well, why would I meet? He's like, why would I do that? I'm going to China to learn Mandarin. It's like, OK, but if you feel so deeply. Yeah. This connection is what it is. Why can't you just go? Why can't you shift? And because, and this is gonna make like I, I guess this is a feminist in me, but think about how much we expect for women, generally society, yeah. to like give up to be in a relationship, to like be partnered, to have the love story. Like you know, the way society has socialized us is sort of like the idea is like, oh, we have to move because so and so got a res got matched the residency somewhere yeah. else, or so and so got a really good job offer somewhere. So I have to find a new job in another place, and and blah blah blah. And usually it is the wife or the woman in the heterosexual relationship that is moving, yeah. because of the man's ambition or whatever. And it's expected or accepted that that's just how it goes. If it's the other way around, if the shoes on the other foot, it's a little bit more like, oh wow, look at this hero of a guy. Yeah. That like was willing to sacrifice to be with him. and it's it's almost looked at as like wow you really like, this is so noble while it's almost expected of the of the woman so it's just so interesting to me yeah. that it was like hey song you missed her you're the romantic you feel and listen I like the guy I think he's great I enjoy him yeah. so hot fantastic so soulful and like his eyes it's crazy so soulful, right yeah like, 
it's so soulful i like it's like oh my god i don't even i can't even get into it so, like i'll be here all night but like <laughs> why didn't you just agree to like why did you not pick up okay i'm just going to new york so i have thoughts why not i think i think what you're talking about the gender dynamics is like subtext more than text because like i think oh for sure because i think i, I don't even think it's what his character was thinking like i think it, it might have been the thing that was fueling her to be the one to actually think about like going right like like mm -hmm. making the plans i think his character i don't know if he I, I never got the impression he expected her to truly drop everything i think he just mm. he is he existed in that liminal space right all he knew is like there's this 12 year old girl that he now found now and he was connecting with her right but i actually think like he, yeah. he there was something about him that never really was trying to actualize it like he like even like he, like he was engaged I'm not saying he wasn't into the real her but he was like trying to freeze a different version of her in time right because you remember how she's like mm, everybody calls me good. everybody calls me Nora and he's like well can I call you Nayang, Young right and so yeah, it's like good, and so good. I think to like have gone to New York would have been to break that tether to the actual version of her that he fell in love with yeah. do you know what I mean and I think that's yeah. why it took so yeah. long for him to actually meet her in person mm. that's my theory yeah no that's good no, I think that's okay because there and then at the end, I think as he was sort of like and this is like the second part of their love story, right? When they reconnect and they're long distance lovers. Because the first part is like their childhood, you know, sweethearts. Yeah. The second part of their story is like they're reconnecting as like long distance, like lovers. But not lovers but, yet. That's the thing. It's like the, they had, the, the thing is what gets me is that they don't like did they even did they kiss when they were 12 years old? Did they no. ever kiss in this movie? No. Not one, yeah. which is so crazy. But the, not they one had enough, time. But they had enough chemistry that I feel like it didn't even matter. It was wild. <laughs> the way that I was so excited, and, and you'll get to yeah. this when we're doing the plot, in the third part of the story, when their hands are like yes, right by yes. each other on the pole yes. on the subway. Oh they made that the movie poster because it was so deep. And you know what it exactly. is? Exactly. Because we're, so we're, we're a couple of Regency romance bitches. And so like, <laughs> like, like brushed like knuckles, furtive glances. Like this is like my Cabinet. Oh my god! I was like, <laughs> "Wow, guys, take it easy on I us, know. please." My heart, come on, come on. You keep staring. I can't. Take I can't it. take all those those loving looks, those fraught looks. At like I cannot handle. You guys are just like caressing each other with your eyes yeah. incessantly. <laughs> You do it over Skype. You do it when you're 12. Yeah. You do it when you're 36. I know. In front of her husband. It's wild. There's so much meaning behind <laughs> every look they give each other. Do you know what I mean? Oh, my God. It's crazy. But to put it. So, so I guess the close loop on their 24-year-old long-distance romance. Yeah. Act two. So then he yeah. asked her, like, yeah, like part two. He's like, oh, well, when when would you come to Seoul? And she's like, well, why would I come to Seoul? And that's after he'd, like, like a few calls before she'd asked about him coming to New York. Yeah. So it's clear that, like. She, he, you're right like I think your theory is correct that he ex was willing to exist in that liminal space for I don't want to say forever but for a very yeah. long time um and I there's a point when they talk when they're in the third part of their story when they do the uh when they're 36 and she talks about how it's like it's hard for idealistic people like him mm -hmm. to get married because they want everything to be perfect I think that's a clear yes sort of like yes that's a good call between yeah. them he's so idealistic yeah. 
Like he wants everything to be. So he's, it's almost hard for him to like actually try. Yeah. Because he doesn't want it to get messed up by reality while she's just pragmatic and she just does. Yeah. And, um, which I think is a really interesting difference. That's, that's such a good callback too, because like, and like, I don't remember the exact line, but essentially her husband was kind of like, well, what if, like, what if he's the one and blah, blah, blah. And she's like, I Mm. chose you. I have a life with you. I like my life. Yeah. Oh my God. I wrote that down. Oh my God. I want to talk about that conversation. Yeah. We could get there. But that, I do think that shows like the type of, like how she approaches love and how she thinks about these things. For sure. Sure, for sure, for sure. Okay, I've, I'm, I've, t- like, I've, you got Rom Squad. Nana will get to the next. Part <laughs> yes, <story>. part three. <laughs> uh, so part, part three. three, and okay, so but the end of part two, as like our lovers kind of like, um, you know, go their separate ways. And again, I just have to reiterate, it is a gut punch that conversation. Like it had, he is like sobbing. He's like, as so- he gets yeah, off, yeah, and she looks. Devastated. She looks. She's the one that has pulled the trigger, and she looks. Yeah. Devastated. She looks. They are devastated. So then she goes off to her writers' retreat and meets like a bland-looking white man. Okay. <laughs> I know. No offense. So what's his name? Joe Magaro. What's the name of the actor? John Magaro. John Magaro. Something like that. Listen, John Magaro, you're, you're great in this yes, film. Yes, you're great. You seem like a perfectly nice white man. <laughs> yes. No, like we do not have anything a against you. Nice you. White man. <laughs> Perfectly nice. <laughs> Nothing wrong with it. <laughs> but man, John, you really you you know what? It's okay. You did what you needed to do. Yeah. But after after Hey Sung, we see her at this artist residency and then Arthur pops up. And she's into Arthur. For whatever reason. <laughs> it might have been a rebound, honestly. I think, she, you know what I mean? It's like, often, I, I feel like she was reeling from like, like devastating, gut-wrenching, soul-piercing thing. That I thought had. it was a rebound, man. Yeah. I definitely thought that was a rebound. And even Arthur says Again, at some no point, he's like, Arthur. he was like, why yeah. Why did we end up together? We both, because we just both happened to be single and like hooked up at this writer's retreat, essentially. And we both like the same And we both like the same, yeah. yeah. So I do Boy. think like, so she's like getting kind of wooed by him. And then, and then on the Haesung side, he's go, he's. I think he's now in China. I can never figure out if this woman is Korean or not. But he like is like eating. I a, don't know. But he was in China. Yeah, he was I in China. She, I thought she might have been Korean, but he was definitely. In China yeah, he was in China, China and he was like eating alone. And then there was a woman sitting next to him. And they kind of look at each other and we're like, okay, he's gonna date this woman. The movie's not interested in her at all because we get like three seconds. <laughs> she's not the main character. She is definitely it's not, not a quad. It's a trio. Yeah, she's definitely not the main character. And so then we find out that um, Sung is coming to visit in New York and he's coming for, oh my. 12 years after that. 12 years it's after 12 that. Years yeah. So it's been. So now they're in their, they're now they're Yes. So now they're 36 act three and he's coming to visit her in, or he's coming to New York and he's like, why don't we just like meet up? You know? And she's having a, she's now been married to Arthur. We, we like get this because like, we've seen that they're like at like customs and border patrol coming into the U S and he's yeah. like, yeah, we go to Toronto yeah. to visit my wife's family and okay fine they're together clearly uh, <laughs> i accept it fine oh, has no patience for arthur <laughs> whatever arthur. arthur we get it you're married to her his only crime is not being hey i know okay and we'll talk about this because i actually do think arthur is like a really good character a very interesting character and like just a stand-up person um but completely yeah completely. but he's like and i almost feel like he's like this like meta narrator or like the audience surrogate who's kind of like like th- because this is when they are like really 
he's the person who engages with romance tropes, right? Because these two people are writers. Mm -hmm. And so they understand plot. Mm -hmm. They understand story. They understand what's compelling. And he is essentially like in this story, like this is like, what if this is like a love story about you and this childhood sweetheart, right? That you've been circling around forever. And I'm just like the evil white guy who's the obstacle to your love, right? And that is literally how. I want to talk about that conversation. Because (laughs) that's literally. I thought it was a little bit manipulative. Oh, you My thought so? Like, you're being unfair. Uh, no, I was being, I, I will get Okay, because I didn't think I so. Like, manipulative is strong. I, I just was mad because he was the obstacle to Hayson. Yeah, because I think he was just Nora. saying, like, this is the meta thing. He was, like, saying out loud what we're all feeling, right? And it's also this concept. Yeah, but he was also, well, we'll get okay. it. Okay. We'll I also think this is a concept of, like, this movie kind of touches on the concept of whose story it is it, right? And so, like, Hayseung and, um, let's call her Nora, are, like, the main characters in this story because we that's who we're focusing on, right? And so, like, there's mm-hmm. one story you could see, and I'm kind of, maybe this is premature, but let's talk about it. You could see this as a story of these two people who are meant to be together, and then she, like, happened mm-hmm. to marry this white guy because, like, you know, she needed her green card to stay in the U.S. Like, Arthur... Arthur's very wide-eyed about, like, why they got married, right? They loved each other, but, like, they yeah. rushed it because of, like, immigration yeah. issues. Um, so thank you, like, you know, immigration and the state for, like, forcing people to make these decisions. But, like... <laughs> uh, but The horrible, really ridiculous American immigration process. Painful, expensive. Yes. Just all around. Yes. Can be a nightmare. But, like, you could also see this as... This is, this is a true love story of Nora and her husband who, like, survived this, like, really kind of like traumatic blow or like or test to their relationship right and so this arthur but the thing about arthur is like he's a man who's primed to not see himself as the main character because like you know and so like he articulated this whole thing and he's like am i just a side character and i was like yes arthur i think you are you know what i mean Uh you are you are (laughs) because but the thing that you know what i will say that i like about this movie is that it never didn't it wasn't the situation where to your point it was like oh like She's like stuck with this white man. Yeah. You know, she didn't have options. Options. It's because that she loves him. She loves, she him. loves him. Like she like she loves him. They love each other. They have a great connection. They're bonded. They're like they have very like their interests are aligned. And I don't say that to be like, oh, like this is like a dynastic relationship. No, they like there's a lot that they sort of see in each other that they understand and get. They have a connection as well. And they love each other. It's not a situation where she like was forced to settle for this white guy. She just like I think the movie's very makes clear to paint a picture that she'd made a different choice exactly wasn't forced upon her she actively deliberately made a different choice and you can look at the different choices like you could have made if you it's almost like it's like sliding doors right yeah like if she'd done this other thing it'd be a different life that's why it's called past lives but like she's happy with the choice she made even though she can be also nostalgic or think about other choices she could have made but like definitively she's good with where she is she is and i so. yeah and i also think like because you know you and i have brought this up like you've got mail or like just the other classic rom-coms is because they both they believe so fervently in like the one true pairing of the two characters and like need the audience to be Mm. invested in they treat like the other love interest as like sort of an obstacle to be cast aside right and this movie like does not do that with arthur and we can we'll get into this as we talk about like the trio but like he is just articulating what like the romantic audience would think right like this is all the stuff mm-hmm, like these are the tropes mm-hmm. we've been trained on and he's like i know the story yeah. i know what people want to see i know the story people would want to tell yeah. and i am not the main yeah. character in this right and yeah, but like totally totally but like at the end of the day like uh like 
like in his like sort of I guess insightfulness and whatever like he's like a very compelling and like 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 you feel for him right like you like the guy and like it doesn't yeah it doesn't no. treat him like it doesn't dude. treat him as a disposable yeah. person you know like that's why these yeah. decisions are so hard and the thing is um oh god i'm getting sidetracked with the plot but this is the last thing i'll say before i go back to the plot the movie never <laughs> the movie never acts like it is like a done deal inevitable conclusion that Sung and like Nora are going to be together right in fact like if it's, it always all. feels like the opposite it always fe- like you get the sense that we're working towards an ending where these people can let go of each other right and so like the husband yeah. is not that important because he's like he's like not even the catalyst he's just observing the untangling of something that has nothing to do with him and that's what I really liked about mm-hmm. Arthur is like he understood that none of this has anything to do with him you know yeah it's not personal it's not personal well let me tell you something like when they first meet and they just have they can't all they do is like stare at yeah. each other and then like she rushes to, and what one thing i noticed that is interesting like she rushes to hug him yes which is very american yes because korean is like there's a lot of re- sort of reserve yeah you know and like and and how you like handle like physical affection stuff like that like and someone that he hasn't seen since they were 12 she hugs him yeah and then he then they hug again. He, and then he's like not sure. Then he hugs her back. And then they hug again. And he keeps saying like he doesn't know what to say. Yeah. And they don't know. And they're just they're like, just always wow, wow. And even when they can reconnect, they just keep the wowing. Second, each, they cannot believe what's yeah. happening. It's crazy. I'm like, wow, you people really love each yeah. other. Yeah, because even this when, is so wild. when they connected on Skype, they kept doing that. Like, wow, wow, it's yeah. you. I can't believe it's you. You know, like. Like, you can tell they don't even under, like, they're not even sure how to articulate what they're feeling as they see, like, the connect. The connection they have is so crazy yeah but it's also like what i love about it and this is why it shies away from being a traditional uh, rom-com or romance is there's no obfuscation of feeling like they both are very clear and understand the space that the other occupies like in their mind and their memory do you know what i mean Mm. like that's always Mm. a given and so the wow i can't believe it's you i can't believe like i just think they both know what they mean to each other and they like like they and so like by the time we get to the conversation in the bar which i'll explain like there's just like nothing like they 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 don't need to add a context there doesn't need to be any confession of love they just like jump right into the issues right but anyway yeah so Hasung is looking gorgeous and walking around New York, and <laughs> he is fine, man. He's so not, attractive. Like, and also, you know what? The product thing. I'm going to go back to the product because we see his transition. <laughs> <laughs> we see his transition from kind of bowl cut shaggy to having product, and it's like, wow, chef's kiss. So it's really- let me tell you something. 36 year old Hasung. <laughs> Devastating. And he's like going to that. Like, I don't listen. I don't blame you, Nora. Nora just get like Nora just arrives at Central Park. They're in Central Park, right? They're meeting in Central Park. Is that where they I don't met? know where Central they Park? met. No, it wasn't. I don't it was think some so. Random, it, maybe it was, it was a park. I thought they, no, it was when they were, they were like downtown. I thought they were like in Dumbo or something at some point. They were under a bridge walking around. Yeah, yeah. But it was, yeah, maybe there was, I don't remember. I don't know. Who knows? But let me tell you something. I don't blame Nora, man. Nora walks up. Nora just stared. Yeah. And he just stared too. But I was like, listen, Nora, Nora. it is worth it to stare. Yeah. He, you ha- girl. He is gorgeous. Woof. Yeah, he's gorgeous. But gorgeous. you know what? The movie wasn't that interested in how attractive he was, which I think is, you know, because that's like the number which one thing. Which is fascinating because their connection wasn't about how hot he yeah. is. I mean, he's hot. He's hot. But it was not about that. But, but you know how, like. Like, let me be clear. He's hot. Yeah, but, like, you know how, like, again, rom-coms are usually, like, about, like, us understanding how hot they are to each other and how hot they are to the 
the rest of the world. So there's usually like a scene where like another woman's like, and the, you know what I mean? Like is ogling him so that no we know that like that. he's hot. You know, they're, they're not interested in that. This is just like the connection is based on like their sort of knowing each other on and off from like this like pivotal time in their lives. Right. Um, anyway, wow. he's hot. He's walking around New York. They're on the Statue of Liberty. They're doing a lot of that, like, Linklater-esque, like, conversation. Or even one car wide. Yeah. But, like, people falling in love yeah. as they talk. Talk, talk. Mm -hmm. We have certain scenes with, like, knuckles brushing on the subway pole. And, mm -hmm. oh, gosh. And they just... Listen, I'm always, I'm always worried if like, they had actually kissed, we wouldn't have not known to do it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We, I would have exploded. Do that it's not that time to film, but I think yeah. we would have I would have literally exploded. I'm like, I can't do the podcast. Yeah. My head is like in pieces all over my room. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> so you know what? Celine song did it for you and I, so this podcast can continue to exist. <laughs> Um, but yeah, so, so like they have a day together and then she comes back and she talks to Arthur. There's more talking with Arthur, but Arthur just kind of reveal. Oh, he, oh, th this is another conversation that just gutted me. Cause it's just, it rings so true. He tells her that he, she speaks Korean in her sleep and he, and she's I like, know. Oh, I didn't know that. And because she doesn't, you get this, she doesn't really speak Korean in any other, like, with any like she says she only speaks yeah. with her mother and then i guess the Sung, right yeah. um yeah and to the point where at some like when they in act two Sung is like oh your korean is getting rusty and that's like a lot for a native speaker yeah. right she's not speaking it yeah but it's it exists in her like subconsciousness right and so like mm -hmm. i and i'm all over the place at the, by the end of the movie, she's saying 12-year-old Nora's gone. I actually don't believe that's the truth, right? Like that. No, I think I agree with you. Yeah. I agree with you. I think that's what she's that's what she's decided because yes. the life she's living is the life she has. Yes. And, you know, it's almost like not to get like, I mean, I like it's, it, it reminds me of like a Hillary Clinton quote, you know, mm -hmm. trigger warning for people that don't like Hillary Clinton, <laughs> I guess. Anyway, um, but there's like this, um, I think when she, I don't remember, I don't know if she was running for president when she was running for something, maybe it was um, senator yeah. of New York. And they were like, the interviewer asked her, like, you have been dealt like a lot of pretty bad cards from, you know, uh, people hating the American public, a lot of the American public hating you, you know, your husband's affairs, yeah. blah, about him being impeached, like, um, and then like, you know, having some political issues and like, you know, all sorts of stuff. And they're like, how do you feel about the cards you've been dealt with? Dealt. Like, do you feel like you've been dealt sort of like a bad hand? And Hillary Clinton said, they're my cards. I played them. Nothing about them being bad or good. Yeah. I played the cards that I have. They're mine. Yeah. And I played them. And that's all there is. So that sort of, and I really like that. Yeah, me too. Because it's not like, bemo like I, I love that. I think that is such a great way to think about life and how you deal with it, right? Because mm -hmm. a lot of times it's very easy to be like, oh, life is happening to you. Yes. But no, you you create your own life. Yeah. Like things happen that are not in your control, fine. But then you make but, decisions. And you know, I've talked about this yeah. a lot. But you make decisions yeah. and you create how, like either you can like decide the life that you're create like you're creating or you can respond to how people, like what is happening and then you just like amble along and then like five years later, like, oh, I don't know what happened to life. It's like, well, there was a time where you could actively decide stuff and do it. Or let life happen. Either way, it's happening. Yeah. <laughs> so you I might as well try to, like, you know, be direct about it. And I like that about Nora because Nora is not ambling around. Nora is very definitive. Like, she's not – she might – maybe in her sleep she's bemoaning in Korean, missing Sung. We will never know. Because Arthur, you know – and this was very sweet. It was very romantic where he, she was like, are you trying to learn Korean so you can hear what I'm saying? Yeah. He's like, yeah, I want to be able to converse with you. Like, I, like – 
you're speaking a language I don't understand. I want to be able to like no. know you in every force. Yeah, but he even says, was he so... says your dreams are inaccessible to me because they're in a language I don't understand. Like, I thought that was such a beautiful yes. articulation. It was, I was like, wow, you are a writer. Yeah, 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 yeah. I was like, oh. That was so, that was so good. That was so good. I'll give that to Arthur. Is Arthur well, the obstacle, obstacle, this is not fair, to the, to the Heisung Na Young Nora romance? Yes. But Arthur is someone in his own right that has a beautiful love story yes. with a woman he met at a at an artist residence, and they've built a great life together. Yeah. Has part of their life been, you know, moved to because or done because For they've been pra pragmatic? Yeah. They moved in together earlier because it was cheaper. They got married earlier than they planned because she had a green card and needed a green card, and he was able to help her with that. Fine doesn't make their story any less romantic or true. Yeah, can I? Which I, I which I quite like. Can I tell you what I just kind of. I'm bear with me. I almost feel like this is a little bit like a ghost story. Do you know what I mean? And it's so, like, mm, it's like so there's something haunting her, right? Like the idea that she has, because yeah. it, it just reminds me of like horror movies or something like that. And I'm not saying, hey, mm. song is horrible, but like that, like he's coming no, in her. Hey, don't, no, I would, I would, yeah. in fact, I would, but I, it's like, it's not, I and it's not just him. Right now it's not him, just him, but it's like, it's Korea. It's 12, it's 12 year old Nora. It's like the person who could have been is like haunting yeah. her, right? Like to the point, like, like in a, a normal, like, like horror movie or ghost story, that's like exactly how these things manifest in your dreams and your dreams and your dreams. And mm. this is this guy mm. who just keeps reappearing in her life and like unsettling her. And so I feel like this is like an exorcism, like at the end of the day, not, a, it's not a unpleasant, bit, yeah. but it's like, he's just this ghost yeah. from her past that keeps coming back and coming back and coming back and like she has to like and like in every like horror movie or ghost movie you have to like confront it right and you have to like have yeah. you have to have that final confrontation at the end and that none of this is like unpleasant but that's what it feels like it's happening like Nora even though she's like this is my life I've chosen it I moved on is like in vast denial about something that we only see in like yeah she to her she's closing the book yeah. but let me tell you something like and we'll get into the ending and all of that but like it's not it's not fully like it's closed for her enough so she can continue to live life and do what she has. And then Hey Sung will hopefully go marry that girlfriend. He's not sure if he wants to yeah. marry because they were on break or whatever. But that that thing's still there. <laughs> it's still there. But I also think that that's why it was important, because even Arthur says at some point that like, Hey Sung, you did the right thing by coming here. Like that's like they yeah. like it was something they needed to do because like they kept just haunting yeah. each other, right? And so yeah. like yeah. and and so like all three of them were just like getting lost in the plot. But all of three of them go to a bar. Well, first maybe go to dinner. And oh, there's also just like this interaction where like um, Arthur's trying to speak Korean to Hey Sung. Hey Sung's trying to speak English. It's all very awkward. Yeah. Nora's the only yeah. really like intermediary between She's the, the two. Interlocutor. Yeah, interlocutor. Yeah, 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 yeah. And so um. But they're like all very pleasant and adult. Again, this feels French in the way that everybody's very mature, right? <laughs> About the interactions. Mm -hmm. And so then they go to like a bar and then they just start talking. And I don't even really remember what the conversation with Arthur is, but at some point, Hey Sung and, um, Nora just get locked in a conversation about like their lives and like what they could have been to each and other. And they're speaking in Korean. And they're speaking in and Korean. They're just looking at each and other. And they're just looking at each other and so they're intensely. like just like yeah. completely connected. Yeah. And her husband is sitting there on the other side of her, not knowing what they're saying, yeah. just like staring into space almost. Yeah. It's like he's not there. Yeah. And this is where I say, listen, Arthur is a better person than me because what on earth <laughs> no but i also get this and this is why i'm like i like arthur and i can 
Arthur in his own way is a very practical person, which is why I think the two of them work. And like, I do think he, he was like obviously a little insecure and he was kind of like pressure testing her to see like where her head and her heart was at. But I also think he like understood like, like he never, he didn't demonize or judge her. He's like, he kept saying like, this is your childhood sweetheart. Like he understands yeah. that there's like a completely yeah. different trajectory, a completely different universe and plane that these two people yeah. exist on. And he doesn't try to own her, right? Like they have a life that's beautiful together. And I think he wants to protect that. But he also just lets her take the space she needs to yeah. like excise um a hey song from her life right and so like yeah. there's no hard feelings and i'm sure he's hurt or whatever but like i think because at you know at the end when nora gets up and goes i forgot where she goes and the two men are having a conversation hey sung because he's dreamy apologizes and he's like we shouldn't have been having yeah. that conversation without you i'm sorry what like just too very mature yeah. and he was and he was like you know what i didn't like and at one point when he's like i didn't expect to like your husband yes, so much. Yes. i think he's like actually a great person I was like, man. Yeah. But then Arthur, <laughs> wow. yeah, and I think this is the point where Arthur does tell him, like, you know, essentially, like, no worries, and I'm glad you came, and I think it was right that you yeah, came. Yeah, and, and you know what? Arthur really meant that. Yeah, and he meant really it. Mean that. I'll give it to Arthur. Listen, fine. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and then, um, and then you know, it's time, like, Haesung is going to go home, and Nora's like, I'm going to walk in. Okay, oh, they go back to the house, and Haesung is going to go, like, get an Uber and probably go to the airport or whatever, and Nora's like, let me see him off. Let me walk him to the airport. Arthur understands it. Again, he doesn't hover. This is like, he's a very, in his own way, he's a secure man because he's like, I'm not going to own you. Like, yeah. this is something about your past yeah. self that I don't know anything yeah. about and I need to let you deal with it. And so they have a, again, a lot of talking. I don't remember every single part of the conversation, but they essentially talk about like, he's like, you know, were we together in a past life, do you think? And, you know, like they're just kind of, and oh, we have, I never mentioned the concept of inyun. <laughs> this is like so yeah, important to, okay okay so let's so talk about okay. you, you, you can talk about we're it. not gonna get to all the things we're gonna talk about because we've talked for an hour and 15 <laughs> minutes already by the way um let's so talk about the concept of inyan first and then we'll get into because i want to i want to like i do remember what he said in the last few minutes i want to get into that well, well i think the cause of inyan is like and i think it comes from like a buddhist concept but it's like a korean cultural concept which is just like essentially like yeah. strangers who have like kind of connections in this life it's like a reflection of like a connection that they had like in a past life right so like at some point yeah it's like they, providence pro fate prov regarding relationships between people specifically yeah. yeah yeah and that's strangers but yeah providence is fate regarding relationships between these two people and so the the fact that like you and i are here kind of running into each other or having this means that there's a pull mm -hmm. right that there's a pull from a past yeah. life that's how it's sort of indian from like yeah, yeah yeah that's how they and so what i thought was interesting when like you know um uh, Nora was telling Arthur about this mm -hmm. at the writer's residence or the Arthur's artist re artist residency. She was saying that they say that if you marry someone, that means yeah, you've had 8,000 8, layers. layers of yeah. Indian over 8,000 lifetimes, right? Um, and so what was interesting is like when uh, Nora and Sung are having that conversation at the bar, they're talking about, oh, like, well, so clearly in this life, we're not, you know, we don't have enough Indian to be together yeah. because we're in the same city and nothing's happening, right? Um, and he, and so he was like, yeah, the Indian is between you and Arthur, yeah. but what, like, what about in another past life? You have enough, like, what, like, were we like, was I a bird and you were on a, you were the branch yeah. or you like all sorts of stuff. And then at the ending, at the end, he basically was like, what if we're already living? This is a past life, life yeah. that we've already lived and we're and in a new life. What do you think we are to each other in that new life? And he's musing like, and she was like, yeah. yeah, he's musing. And she's like, I don't know. And he's like, well, me neither. And then he's like, oh my God see you then and then he gets yeah. in the car 
and he goes off and then Nora like uh, by the way before the car came and they were just like staring at each other I was like I know you're not gonna kiss I really yeah. wish you would though I know you're not gonna kiss I really it's not that and they're so lost in each yeah. other it's not because it's a24 why would they do that um <laughs> but they're so lost in each other then even like the car comes and they're startled right? yeah when the, his car finally shows up but then at the end she like walks back to the apartment to their apartment yeah. with her apartment with Arthur and Arthur's sitting on the steps and she goes to hug and she's, she's sobbing. Dead, she's sobbing and he's comforting her and he's comforting her. I like oh that God. makes me what an ending. Well, because and this is the thing, and like Inyun is like not necessarily at least from my interpretation from this movie because I don't know anything about the concept is that it's not always romantic, right? It's just relational. So even at, there's a point yeah. where um, Arthur, he Inyun and or, sorry, Hae Sung and Arthur are talking, and he's like, "We have Inyun, right? Because like we're here standing yeah. together." And so yeah. And I don't know why that's like important to me, but I think it's like because I always talk to friends like, you know, like there are all these people that I've had like deep connections, romantic or whatever mm-hmm. in the past and it didn't work mm-hmm. out. But like because like kind of Western rom-com kind of storytelling mm. makes you think that like nothing is meaningful unless it's fulfilled to the HEA right but like connection yeah, in itself so is, connection in itself is important regardless right whether it's like yeah. starts off romantic and becomes something else you never see each other again like the fact that you had mm-hmm. something with that person means something and it doesn't just dissolve right and so like yeah like the I loved I, I just thought it was like a beautiful illustration of like even if we can't be together th- we're not gonna like sweat it right it's just we, ha- yeah. we have a connection, we acknowledge it, and it has some kind of historical and maybe even cosmic significance. But we, like, have yeah. to, like, go on and live our life because we're not the only two people who are connected, you know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and it's, like, there's value in the connection. And there's value. Like, I really yeah. like how you put that, Nana. There's such value in that connection, clearly, and it's deep and it means something. But it doesn't have to mean what – like, I think you're right. We we see so many sort of, like what like, what is love, Yeah. right? Like, what is a love story that we are willing to watch and enjoy? And we see so many representations of love that, like, I mean, this is why our, our podcast is called Hell yeah, yeah, because we always look for the HBA. But the thing about life, like you've said, rightfully, not everything has an happily ever after. Yeah. Like, not every connection is meant to be till death do you part. And I think it's very hard to sort of reconcile yourself with that almost in real life when a lot of the representations or portrayals you see yeah. about love and connection have to lead to something it's almost like oh well if that relationship fell apart maybe that person didn't love you or it just didn't matter because they're not ending right and so that's like even when we're talking about like other love interests being discarded like you can watch a movie and like tom hanks was dating parker posey but she's all of a sudden meaningless because now he's met meg ryan and that's the person he was supposed to be with right and she had to be suddenly awful for them to not like you know i mean some way like somehow they're just incompatible so that's why it didn't work and she's just dismissed as like like you said immaterial and that's just not like what a like what a like an unfair way to treat actual human yeah. beings because these are actual human beings in the story like no one needs to be sacrificed on the altar for your love to mean something for it to be like real and important maybe it's just like okay it's almost like when people get divorced right and people are like oh my god that's so devastating and some people are like oh well you know they don't think it's devastating because they think they had a successful relationship for like however many years they came up with kids and whatever i don't know that i like listen i am a little too conservative still in some ways to like subscribe to that Mm -hmm. but it is interesting to really think like oh 
like just because the marriage in the end for it to be forever doesn't mean that it wasn't a good marriage for what it was like maybe they're not compatible anymore like like but that connection for what it was meant something and it created something yeah we should like honor that celebrate that yeah honor that and i think that we have a it's hard because we don't see portrayals of like realistic human interaction sometimes when we watch these rom-coms or romance movies and look don't get me wrong i, I love, love it H-E-A. i love it i love it live for it's it it's like i'm unrepentant about that mm-hmm. but i really do like seeing other representations of what love can mean and sort of how people actually engage with it in real life because think it, to your point earlier think about the different connections we've had with people with like male partners mm-hmm. that didn't like didn't pan out or didn't go all the way in particular ways. Doesn't make it mean that they were any less like meaningful or important in shaping you. Not necessarily. And it is almost feels like a real shame or disservice to dismiss them that way because it didn't lead to what, maybe you learned something from that, Yeah, you know, or maybe in another life you are an Ireland baddie, you know, Mrs. Whatever. <laughs> Mrs. Mrs. O'Shaughnessy. <laughs> Names have been changed to protect the innocent. Exactly. (laughs) I listen. I just pulled that out. Like guys, that's not real. I pulled that out of a hat. Um, But and we don't do this podcast because you live in Ireland. Like it just never happened. This pot. You know what I mean? Like that is a different. Like it's almost like the multiverse, right? Exactly. Is there a multiverse? multiverse? Yeah. Yeah. Like, are you? Are there choices you make? Like, think about it. It's like the Robert Frost poem, right? The, you know, the road not taken, yeah. two paths of virgin, a yellow wood, blah, 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 blah. And it's like you take one. But do you even know how important the choice you made at that time is? You don't even know. Yeah. And then you make one choice. And sometimes you do. You make one choice. And then your life is like something different. Yeah. And so I, I find, like, I really like the way this movie approached it. Um, but it was also very clear I know it was too. Yeah. Like, it didn't pretend yes, like, like it allowed her to feel the pain of, like, letting that go do you know what i mean yeah it, it, like yeah. It, it doesn't make yeah. any promises right like at, she and because it's like she, she and sorry to interrupt but like she's not just letting go of hey sung she's letting go of like that potential path in life right like because there's always the what ifs yes. and there's whatever who could i have been who have yeah. i who would i have been if i was like a fully korean woman or whatever and she's like at a certain point in life where she's like i just have to let that go and i'm in the place i am now right yeah. and that's a painful, she's like i have rehearsal yeah but that's a painful yeah. process you have to make a choice and she i don't think yeah. she had like processed that fully until no you know because it's no. also like when you come into like a, the immigrant story you come to like america canada north america it's like you just put your head down and power through t- and try to reach your goals right mm. and you don't always like notice yeah. what you leave behind and like hey sung was like yeah. the thing kind of always being like you remember you left me behind you left me behind you left me behind and i'm still here, I'm still and here. The part of that is also her korean yeah because, exactly like, that koreanness that she has like it's not the same as if she's a korean Amer with korean americans because it's just not the yeah. same it sort of reminds me of like as someone that was born in nigeria and moved here as a child like a long time ago yeah right? um i'm sure in the multiverse there is a misan that was lived in Nigeria for a long time. Like it was just there. Maybe she went to boarding school in the UK or yeah. in America and then came to college in America or in the UK. And I think that person's probably a little bit different. Oh yeah. You know, totally. than the, the person that I am. Right. Yeah. I'm probably actually, but probably a lot um, different from person that, or someone that just stayed in, in Nigeria the whole time. Right. That's a different person. And so, and I think I remember when I first moved here, it was like, I'm American. American, 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 mm-hmm. American, this, I mean, I had no interest in like Nigerian things really. Like I had a little bit, like I used to be obsessed with Nigerian gossip and these magazines. And then I like, let it go. This was also a time where there was like no like real connection yeah. to being able to go. Cause back we didn't home, have the technology. Right? To have stuff. Like, yeah. yeah. And like the nineties or whatever, you had the stuff to have mailed yes, to you. Yes. It was like a whole, like, 
having to like find the African store yeah. to get the things you need to make African food, like all the other stuff. And so like very much becomes like, I'm American. This is the life I have. And that's what I'm doing. I remember I didn't even start listening to Nigerian music until like, I probably, I was like, Except for like Fela, which my dad yeah. loves, obviously, um, as any as any ni- um, I think West African was- generally. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but my I remember my parents will tell my parents tell stories about going to the shrine, yeah. the concert venue yeah. Fela was to see him, whatever. Like it's just their generation. Like yes. I'm sure your parents, like yes. any West African, like that age, like they love Fela, yeah. just how it is. But aside from that, like I didn't even like listen to like I started listening to Nigerian music maybe when I was in college, yeah. and like having like having that be an industry that was separate from like Lagbaja or Fela or whatever. And then be like, oh, and like trying to like really engage with it. And I was like, oh, okay. But it was very much something that I had like, whether consciously or unconsciously, left behind, right? Mm-hmm. And then I had to sort of like, now I re-engage with Nigeria in a different way. But still, I haven't been to Nigeria since the 90s. Yeah. I don't wow. Even know what that, like, I don't even know what Nigeria in 2023 looks like. Because like, the Misan in Nigeria or whatever, she doesn't even, like, she doesn't even say her name is Misan. Her name is Misan. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, it's a different person. And so I really liked when her mom, like, for example, Na Young's mom is telling Song's mom about how they're moving uh, and they're emigrating to, to Canada. And Song's mom is like, why would you guys go? Like, you're an artist. Your husband's a director. You have really great lives here. Yeah. Why would you go? And she said, if you leave something behind, you gain something, too. Yeah. And I really I had to write that down. I really, really like that because like Nora, like leaving Na Young behind and whoever Na Young is and who she could have been. It's a loss. Yeah. Right. That she has to sort of like work through. And Haesung part of represents that like it's a life that she could have lived and she could have tried to even if she tried to regain Na Young when she was 24 and like left her writing career, her MFA and moved back to Seoul. It would be a di- it would be a different yeah. thing. Right. So I really liked the way this movie like I don't think. Like you said earlier, like a lot of immigration movies or like immigrant stories, it's like, oh, they've come. Their life is better here. Yeah. They maybe they're a little bit sad, but that's it. But it's like, no, it's an it's a good life that they could have lived somewhere yeah, else. That's, you know? Yeah. You, and it's OK to acknowledge that. Like, it's not a bad life that that person could have lived. That was not a bad life. There are reasons you moved here and you there are reasons that you might find it better while someone else might disagree. Right. Mm. But it's OK to acknowledge that there are things that are being left behind as you gain stuff. Right. Rather than it being like, oh, you've only gained and like, you know, bye bye to that place. I really quite like that a lot. Yeah. It really, really like resonated. I guess there are a couple things though. Like, and I don't know how, where the movie comes out on it. But for me, I think like, I don't know if she, do you think she ever kind of made peace or understood her relationship to her Koreanness? Because like I don't know if the answer. I don't think so. I think, I think she's still. I think she's still yeah. working through it. I don't think she has. Because I don't think the answer is I think, just. I kind think of, she would tell herself yeah. that she has. Yeah, but she hasn't. Because like she's just kind of like I'm not that Korean anymore. Ha ha ha. And I feel like there's a lot of pain there that she doesn't like fully process. And like and she also no, doesn't have sure. to be like I get it. She's not going to be fully Korean in the way she would have been if she stayed. But like there yeah, is like super filial and all. That yeah, other stuff. but there yeah. is like a, and I think maybe it's just me and like my own stuff with like the like you know every immigrant like you always have like your own kind of relationship to like the motherland or the place you came from and I feel like a sadness of like Mm -hmm. not having the same connection I could have like had I grown up there and I'm not saying she should have that necessarily but I do think that there's something sad about like American because she's now an American right because she's been living there Mm -hmm. which is like you in order to push forward and achieve your goals you have to kind of 
shave off like the parts of yourself that existed before you know like that's like the american dream mm-hmm. of assimilation yeah. you have to just forget who yeah. you were you have to power through and she's been doing that and i don't know if the conclusion of the movie is that she's just like okay well now i can fully do that now that i've let go of like 12 year old not young and this guy from my past do you know what i mean like i don't know yeah. where it comes out on that um i don't think the movie like i'm not sure that the movie's like coming out on yeah i think it's like sort of in that weird like space of like she hasn't fully done that but it's realistic right yeah because of course that's how life is too and honestly like she thinks she's like like she's put the like she's closed the yeah that's yeah on 12 year old na young and Sung. <laughs> i just don't think it's that easy you know it's not that easy and honestly spoiler alert to you nora you haven't. <laughs> yeah, you haven't. So that was like the one thing. And I'm not saying it's like a fault of the movie or it's bad, but that's where I felt like mm-hmm. it doesn't have a clean ending. Do you know what I mean? No. It doesn't. Because like no. even if, okay, like she maybe can close the book on this particular guy. I think, and I think maybe this is like actually the strength of the movie, like what you're talking about because it's realistic. She drops all these hints that like, she is still processing her Koreanness. She's like, yeah, it's so different. Like when I'm with like Korean Americans versus Koreans and I don't yeah, really feel, and it's totally. like, but then she goes like, but like, I'm like, you know, I'm the one who leaves and I work towards my goals. And like, I feel like she has an image of herself and who she is, which is a deeply ambitious person who's like come to the U S yeah. to accomplish things. And she's doing that. And she likes the life she has, but like we see hints. And I think that's what the whole like dreaming and Korean thing comes from, which like she's not mm. settled and fully settled in herself, you know? And so completely, completely. And that's something that like I think they tell e- like Hey Sung and um Nora tell each other what they think they need to hear to process all of it. Mm-hmm. And they probably won't they won't talk again. Yeah. Because it's honestly for the best yeah. that they don't. Um because if they do, hmm, right? Yeah. But like, yeah, because that connection is not severed. It's just sort of like put behind. So that they can sort of like move yeah, and live the lives yeah. that they actually live. You know what I mean? Um, before we get into talk about the ending and how if maybe you might have changed the ending, I just want to talk about, and Nat and I were texting about this earlier, but like Arthur, and this is not fair, right? Like I'm not trying to do like a competition between Arthur versus Song because clearly for me and Nana, Song yeah, wins. Song but is, Arthur is a great guy. Yeah. I like Arthur. He's a good husband. He seems like a good partner for Nora. Blah, 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 blah. But can we talk about the conversation when he's like asking yeah. if Hey Sung is a true? I was just like, oh, I don't really think I know this. He was yeah, like, yeah, it was so realistic yeah. for like a husband yeah. wife situation. It was like, is he attractive? Yeah, I mean, maybe. I, I guess think so. so. Yeah. I think he's very Korean. Yeah, yeah I think he's. Because yeah, she kept being like, he he's attractive. so masculine in this Korean way. Yeah, he's like, he's very manly in that Korean. <laughs> and then and then arthur's like are you attracted to him uh i don't, I don't think, think so. so you are a liar you are such a liar. a liar from the pit of hell. also if someone How ever says you? they don't think they're attracted to someone they 100 percent want to bang them that second you either know you don't i she was like oh so. well maybe i don't think so but maybe i don't think so but maybe get out of here <laughs> Nora. get out of my face yeah Again, Arthur, but again, Arthur was just being very mature. He was asking them, you know what I mean? Like, he and he knew that yeah, she was And then he did the whole thing about, like, I feel like I'm the interloper in this, like, love story. I'm like, blah, blah, yeah. blah. And honestly, and it's not fair. Like, he's not, I think he's actually, like, he's processing his own emotions yeah. in a very difficult time. And I have to have, like, 
space for that. But the one, the like, the the hater in me was like, oh my god, is this not manipulative? So she can like encourage, tell you that she loves you. Oh, I didn't, yeah, I didn't think. But so. no, yeah. But I think it's like he rightfully needs reassurance from his yeah. partner that he is chosen. Yeah. Right? And they're talking through that, and he's like saying like, well, because he wants to believe in the very sort of like, in the way that it's clear that Sung and Nora have this very deep connection that not twenty four years of physical distance can blunt or dull. Yeah. He like wants to also believe that their story is meaningful in a way, yes. right? And it's not just about pragmatism. And he's not even trying so to monopolize like, her story, which I love. No, it's like, no, it's he's just, just like, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. I don't know because I think that this is like an important thing about adult relationships. Or what I like this movie recognizes is that like. I like as much as I'm like a rom com person. I just don't believe there's like a one, right? Like there's so many people that come. No, in your and life. that's the thing. Yeah. And like, yeah, there's the world is too big. Yeah. Um, and the way timing matters so much yes. for you to make me believe that there's only one true soulmate. Yeah. For every single person on the planet, like I just don't believe it. No matter what, rom- like as two people that are hosts of a rom com, a romance podcast, it's not realistic. Yeah. It isn't. And so I like that this movie is very clear that there are different paths that she could have chosen, but she's very happy with this. And so when Arthur is like, oh, like what if there was another guy at the, at the artist residency that also liked the same books yeah. and we we're both single and blah, blah, blah. It, it could have been anyone. And Nora's like, okay, but like this is the life that we have. Yeah, exactly. Like the what if, the what if, the what if, what if. And I really like that about her actually. Mm-hmm. Like you can what if, what if, what if to your heart's content. But doesn't change like the facts on ground, yeah. which is we are married. We have a life in like the village in this like tiny apartment. And we're like you have a you know budding career as a novelist. I have rehearsals and everything like that. And this is our life. This is the life that I've chosen. So there's nothing about what if, what if, what if? Because like, what's the point? Yeah. Is it a little bit too on the nose a bit for her to tell herself that? Because it's almost belying the fact that she has this like intense what if thing happening with Sung. Yes. But like I really liked how she answered that question because it felt real and not like, oh, you're my one show because it's not. No. That's not realistic. It isn't. And I think we talked about this in other episodes where it's like life is just like I, it, it's not always about like making the right choice because nobody knows what it is. It's just about making a choice and like seeing it through. Exactly, and that's like really what exactly. I think love is. But I think like a character like Arthur, which I appreciate, is like he's like. He he's like not trying to dismiss or trying to be like my relationship with you is more important because I'm the one you ended up with. I'm your one true love. It's like he understands like there is something about a first love. Right. And like I think that's and that's why I think that's so beautiful that he comforts her because he's like not comforting her just as like a like as a husband. Yes, because like he's the person who's there for her. But he's like coming to her with like basic human understanding. Right. So it's not about him. He's also her friend. He's her friend. And it's like, oh, wow. It's like really hard to like lose the first person that you've ever loved in this way. And so. I just thought that yeah. was like very adult and very beautiful, you know? Yeah. Well, so did you buy the love stories between his love? And who's between Arthur? Yeah, it's like whose love story? They're too many. I mean, there are multiple love stories. <laughs> That's the thing. It's like choose your own adventure. I bought them all. <laughs> I've never had a hey song in my life because those people I obsessed with over when I was younger did not love me back. So this is a little bit of a fantasy on my part. But I t- I refuse to incriminate myself <laughs> on this podcast. <laughs> those, those people I had because in- there are people that listen that I cannot. <laughs> we will talk about this separately. <laughs> oh, God. 
but but I, I as like in the universe of the movie I totally bought every relationship I think like we said it was yeah. hyper realistic and I was like even though like yes I texted you I was like how can this white man compete with this beautiful man I I cannot believe you just overemphasized white like that you are so annoying <laughs> I still, for all of that, I actually love and like I like and respect Arthur a lot, and I think that this movie did a good, like, good job at like giving everybody equal respect, right? Even though like it wasn't Mm -hmm. Arthur's story, and Mm -hmm. even though like yes, I was like so into the connection by about with Haesung and uh, Nora, I was happy that she like I was sad that I didn't get my big like you know. HEA that I've been trained to get yeah. to get right yeah. like because we're essentially yeah. like Pavlovian like movie mm-hmm, watchers mm-hmm. but at the end of the day like I like these characters and I think that she ended up in a very good relationship with a very good guy like I'm happy for her yeah. right and and I yeah. think to be with the type of man that can sit and hold your hand as you lament the loss of your first love but still could persist in being your husband and like we're gonna move through this is like she she got an amazing guy jackpot yeah it's like a jackpot, jackpot. you know and so that is a happy ending in its own way yeah so would you have wanted it to end a different way uh not for the type of movie it is i think it would have really cheapened yeah. it because like the two of them i don't know like i think the t- the two of them their relationship with each other was like about processing adulthood and you know a lot of yeah. you know and yeah. so yeah i think that they've served their purpose to each other like i would love to find out that like five years or ten years from now they're still friends you know yeah. like i think that would make me very yeah. happy but i think if like same it would have felt a little more like you know deus ex machina in some way if like it was like oh like you know we're just together now like it's like what that, that doesn't seem true to the universe of the movie or the characters at all yeah. um yeah. especially because like like, Nora is just a, pra- a totally pra- practical person. And in fact, Haesung says a line I love, which is, like, you were always going to leave. You are the type of person who leaves. And that is, like, what I loved. Or I, maybe he didn't say love, but that's why I liked that, you. That makes you you. That makes you you, yeah, and that's like, why I liked you. You, then that's who. And I like you because you're – I love you and like you because you're you. Yeah, and so he's so – You're the person that lo- – and Korea was too small It was too you. small for yeah. you. And so I love that. Like, it was, like, an inevitability, right? Like, he, what he loved about her was her, like – and they even had that conversation um, in Act Two on Skype, where she's like, she sees and wants everything. She goes after everything. She like her eyes are b- bigger than her stomach almost, and that's what he loves about her. Yeah. But that's gonna inevitably take her away from him. And so like it, it seems yeah. natural. And also like we get he's a person who's a little smaller in his ambition and the scope of life and whatever. Yeah, he doesn't. And so yeah, no. I, I think for them to have been together is like the worlds don't fit, and so you must acquit. Yeah, you know. Uh, okay. <laughs> oh my god you guys Nada is so irritating <laughs> i wish you guys could have seen nana's face when she i was very that. pleased with myself honestly that needs to be a clip that i put on our our like not defunct instagram <laughs> account oh Oh my god how do i make that a clip that was ridiculous <laughs> i will say like i almost think it's a testament to nora like i guess to, to answer my own question if i wanted a different ending i think when i watch it over the summer 
I liked the way it ended because it was realistic. It's like actual real life. Would I have wanted a story where they like, you know, have some sort of like torrid affair and like fall in love with each other and they're like, okay, like the world be damned us against the world and like you know they like he throw he moves to new york and throws caution to the wind or whatever and is like okay we're gonna build this together i, I or at least a, a makeout session i wouldn't have minded that right but i i like i liked the way it ended because i do think that we need more portrayals of like actual real human relationships that are not just having people be treated as appendages yeah to this like overarching love story that because this love is so big and deep and real nobody else matters the person that <laughs> nobody else matters yeah. their feelings don't matter like none of it is important so i really like that that didn't happen here because i don't think we get enough of that because i think it helps create like oh there are different types of love and it's okay to sort of think through and process that and be i think it helps to see that represented in the content that we consume because if we don't see more of it, like it, 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 I know, I think it just helps sort of inform and how you engage with people to realize that, that you can't always just be the selfish main character is like, oh, well, I love him. And that's, it's like, no, well, there are also other considerations beside that. I know it's very rich for people that host a romance podcast yeah. to say that, but it's just like, let's be realistic and pragmatic. Because I think as much as Manana and I enjoy romance, we're also quite pragmatic, realistic mm-hmm. people. And it's good to have to have that all the elements of that be represented in something that we've watched and are talking about for the podcast. But also like, wow, Nora is loved and is in love with two very great, yeah. mature, winning, cool people. Love it. Everybody is like, like so- and both of them like each yes. other. Even Arthur is like, oh, he seems like such a great yeah. dude. <laughs> and his uncle's like, I like your husband. He's cool. Yeah. You know what I mean? I'm like, wow, good for you, Nora. Honestly. Yeah. Because both of them, even that, like, even as much as, like I said, a perfectly nice white man, he actually did like they're both, <laughs> they're both great. They like, are honestly, and I and and it, far be it for me and Nana to be like you know, all in all in for some perfectly nice white man, but they really are both great yes. characters, and it was really cool to see them be like the way actual humans would interact and behave. It was good to see that. Yeah. I really, I really enjoyed that. And so I, I, like, I don't even need another move. I don't even need like to like write another ending no. where they like fall in love 15 years from now after like, you know, they reconnect after whatever. Like, I don't need that. I think it's perfect. And I, I would love for them to be friends. I would. Still, I, I would. Think their friendship is I really, it's is just, it's, it's, I think it's help. It's great. Is it healthy for them to be friends? I don't know. No, but I think <laughs> but like I 10 like years it. from now, I would love if they were like friends. Like that they, because yeah, I, I, think, would re- I would, I think connections, the nature of them can change, right? Like I, you can have a deep connection yeah. with someone and maybe over the years, it doesn't have to be romantic. It can be a different type of connection. Exactly. Yeah. Um, yeah. Cause I also think to your point, like if they had made up out or something, this movie is so like rooted in realism that that would have been painful. Like we, w- you know, it's yeah, not like in other movies so. where you can. You would have seen the. You would have seen the devastation. Yeah. You would have felt it. You would have felt You're bad. So right. You would have been disappointed in them. You would have felt all the things that yeah. other movies elide because they like kind of glide over like, like exactly. You know? That's so true. So, That's so true. I think it, they did yeah. the right thing. Man, guys. I, well, so we're back. With a movie that's a, that's many love stories in one, yeah. And but you can tell, like, all right, Nana, how how would you rate it? What grade would you give? Oh, it? Oh, I give it an A. I loved it. Same. Yeah. Unanimous. Yeah. 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 Celine Song, Greta Lee, Teo Yu, uh, John Magaro, 
top class. Yeah. Top marks, honestly. Top marks. You guys did great. Also, I'd like to apologize to all the Korean listeners for my butchering of every single name <laughs> and word in your language. <laughs> Much respect. One love. <laughs> one love. <laughs> we are the world. I am sorry. <laughs> sorry we should have invited someone like someone who's actually korean to talk about this movie that was a that was a, that was an it oversight was a, on our part <laughs> we need a guest, we need a guest. <laughs> listen we're learning i'm and busy growing. using my learning and growing i'm busy using my 354 days of duolingo korean <laughs> to correct your pronunciation <laughs> have you been doing 354 days that's good though Yes, yes, it's crazy. I like my mom. Like my mom was like, "Why don't you start learning Korean on Duolingo?" Like over a year ago, and I was like, "What? It's not that easy. I can't just like start learning Korean on Duolingo, mom." And then, as like is what happens ninety five percent of the time, my mother was not. My mother was correct. Oh, it, nice. It pains me to say it, but it actually has been really fun and interesting. It's hard though. It's very, very hard. Uh, but when I was in Korea, it helped to be able to be like to say hello and like you know to have a little bit of like sense of what people were saying even though it's like very stilted yeah okay i have a prediction <laughs> it, was, it was it was cool you're gonna end up with What's a korean prediction? guy i don't know if it's korean american or from korea but oh my god i just have it right. i put it out it's i'm not touching i'm not touching that i know it yeah yeah i'm sorry because i just want again this, I, want, I want this on the record so that people could be like Nana's i'm not incriminating like, myself Nostrad- oh wait is there something in the works no already? <laughs> No, I didn't say that. I'm saying that I'm not incriminating myself. Not. <laughs> All right, we're moving. You heard on. it here first. You heard it here first. <laughs> Nana is a menace. My, we have to end this now. Okay, what is our ATA, Nana? I was going to do a book, but I decided not to because I don't feel like talking about books. It's been a while since I read one that I loved. I'm going to say my HEA was my trip to England, which is oh nice because my friend, my very good friend and I did a Jane Austen pilgrimage. Uh, yes oh my god Nana that sounds so fun yeah did you go to her house so we went to her house we went to her house not in Bath we went to the house that she grew up in which is like in um, Hampshire and then we also we also went to like the Peak District so we saw like the houses that they used for Darcy both Darcy's Pemberley both from 1995 and in the 2005 movie I got to frolic I got to see the pond that Colin Firth emerges from with the wet shirt it was oh my god with that shirt it was amazing so we got to and and I I loved that there was like a community like every everyone we came across like we would say like oh we're here for Pride and Prejudice and they like especially like the like older volunteer docents at these museums at these because you go to these estates right and these women mm-hmm. they would be like oh we know who you are we get you do you want to see the sculpture room from the 2005 movie <laughs> yes you know and so I, I like oh my god that's amazing I like don't think that like a lot of like you and I have talked about this pursuits that are traditionally more feminine like romance and you know like you Mm -hmm. don't have the opportunity to geek out on them because I think geeking out implies like some sort of like value right like it's something worth digging in Mm -hmm. and like people don't say like Mm -hmm. you geeked out on romance you geeked out on Dane Austin you geeked out you know Um, and this was like an opportunity to feel like I got to like truly geek out on like the OG like rom-com writer and so oh my god that's amazing Mm -hmm. that's so cool Nana yeah wow I'm jealous 
Oh man. I'll send I'm you gonna, like I made these like, little videos. I like I did send me. I'll send, yeah, yeah. Okay, so very very cool. Um, Maybe wow, I'll post I'll post great. one on like our our thing. No, actually that's please yeah, post on, it on our Instagram because we haven't posted on that Instagram yeah. since it might have been 2022. Yeah, <laughs> so we should bring we should bring it back. Yeah, um, you heard it here first, guys. We'll be posting new content. Not are we not only committing to back mm. to regular <laughs> episodes, <laughs> but we are also gonna post at least one piece of new content. <laughs> I'm giving us one. On our Instagram account because it's past time. Oh, just one, not like a month or anything. <laughs> yeah, I'm not committing. I didn't know. <laughs> okay, no, wait, I'm wait. giving. I I want us to be realistic okay. and manage expectations. We're committing to just at least one. Yeah. Okay, we so could do fun. that. We could do that. Yeah. Oh no, not that's such a great idea. You definitely should post on the account. That would be so cool. Okay, I like that a lot. All right. So my HEA is actually pretty timely given sort of what we talked about today about Indian and past lives and stuff like that. Mine is called The Seven Year Slip uh, by Ashley Poston. And I just finished this book today. Um, I was telling Nana earlier that I've been waiting for it in the library. It's been like, like, I think I had like a nine, 10 week wait at the library before I was able to get it. And it's basically about this woman that is like a book publicist. Um, and she ends up like, like she has this whole thing about, you know, it's a classic thing where she's like, she's going to, she's ambitious. She works hard. She doesn't want to fall in love. Mm-hmm. Um, because she's like had like you know she's had a really hard time ever since like you know she's had this like you know like life has just been in like rough for her in a particular ways i don't want to spoil things uh too much and then she uh and her like her aunt dies and she's like grieving and she just doesn't want to feel anything right and her aunt leaves her her apartment um and then she walks into this apartment and she sees this strange man that's standing there and she's like what the heck why are you in my apartment and the man exists in the past, uh, seven years in the past. Wait, is this like a the lake house kind of? Uh, yeah, it's like the lake uh-huh. house. So basically, like at some points, it's this like magical thing about the apartment that she'll go into the apartment at some points, and the apartment will be seven years in the oh, past. I love and the this. person that was living there seven years, she meets and interacts with him, and she starts having this like interaction with him. And her aunt had two rules for that apartment: take off your shoes when you get to the door, mm-hmm. and don't fall in love in this apartment because her aunt her aunt had a a similar sort of like love story that was a bit devastating. And Nana, I started reading this thing. And I was like, I don't even know how this is going to work out. What a, like I, when I read the blurb, I was like, this is a weird concept. People are raving about this book. I don't buy this. Like I've been very disappointed by all the books people have been raving about all year. Yeah. And I'm like, I don't know how I feel about it. Like I'll read it. I guess I'll see. But man, Nana, the way it dealt with it, I, I enjoy this. It's probably one of the, one of the best books I've read this year. Okay. Like, romance wise. And maybe in general, I really enjoyed it. I, I like, I was very skeptical. I'm literally placing it, a hold on so it good. now. <laughs> please do like and the way it deals with grief and everything oh, love like it. it just i like it really like it really resonated with me so i i, I like i don't want to give more than that away because i was like i didn't know how they were going to handle all these things that like how they played out together and i thought they did it in such an interesting way that i was i found really enjoyable okay i'm excited uh, so you guys the seven year slip by ashley poston that is my hea um and wow rom squad it is October. We are back. <laughs> I know. I've missed <laughs> After you After a hiatus. We apologize. We miss you guys a lot. Like Nana said at the top of the podcast, we'll probably be talking about a lot more older content. Yeah. Uh, because, you know, some of the newer stuff has not really, like, um, gotten us excited. Uh, but you know what? Looking forward to having regular episodes again. Uh, thanks for your patience, guys. This has been a great time. Nana, what else do you have to say before we end this two almost two-hour episode? Um. Where do we go from here? (laughs) (laughs) Good night, Rom Squad.
until next time. <laughs> Bye. Bye. <laughs>